the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View. Join us today for this hot topic on financial freedom. We are joined today with special guest Chip Brackley, and we'll discuss how we get into financial debt, how we stay in financial debt, and then how do we walk in financial freedom. Scripture has so much to say about money and how we're supposed to handle it. So join us today for this lively discussion on financial freedom here on The Christian View. we have today. Thank you all for coming. Thank you at home for watching on TV and for listening on the radio. This is The Christian View. And um, I have a great panel with me today. I have Monica Matthews and Isaac from California, Jitty and Aisha from Atlanta. So thank you all for being here today. So today's hot topic is financial freedom. Aisha, did you know that America's debt has reached an all-time high of $13 trillion? And people are carrying debt into their um, retirement more so now than ever before. And I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and she goes, you know, I made my husband a millionaire. And I was like, well, what was, what was he before you made him a millionaire? He said, a multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes to show that we can make, we can have a lot of money, but we can make, we can make right? poor choices, right? <laughs> so, you know, but we can make poor choices, all jokingly aside. We can have a lot of wealth or not a lot of wealth and make poor choices and find ourselves in, in financial bondage, which is something Christ doesn't want us in. So, you know, in, um, finan- uh, money is like the leading, third leading cause in America for divorce, oh, which yeah. is which is crazy. It, you know, you know, lack of or too much, and mm-hmm. it just you know it, we need to learn how to f- figure out how to manage money so we can have I was financial about to say, freedom. Is there a such thing as too much? <laughs> you know, <laughs> really. No, but that's why I'm glad I don't, well, I, I, think, I don't have any. I don't have any, so I don't have no problem. Yeah, I think it's the way. I think you can, and no we're going to talk about problem. this later, but yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about it later, but I think there is a way to financial freedom. Oh, yeah. And and I think, you know, Christ has certain guidelines for us, but Aisha, you are a business one, oh, yeah. a multi-business owner, yeah. and you're out in the world constantly talking to people. So why do you think it's so hard in today's society to save for retirement? Well, several reasons, but the number one reason that people don't save for retirement is just simply procrastination. Okay. Um, you know, we don't want to think about it. We tend to put things off that we don't want to worry about. We don't want to think about getting old and needing it, and so we tend to put it off. The second reason is denial. We are, are all in denial that we are getting old, right. <laughs> and then we don't save for those golden ages and right. golden years. Um, also, you know, young people, they don't understand they're adults, and that's the time to save is when you're young, not when you're, you know, approaching retirement age. That's not what the time to start you got to hurry up about. and save real quick. We have exactly. 10 years for retirement. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, third reason is inability, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, just mm-hmm. not being able to, to save. And then the fourth, which is the biggest excuse of all, is don't know where to start. Right. Mm-hmm. And, hey, we can start with as simple as an old fashioned savings account. 
you know. Um, of course, there are employer 401ks, and then speaking with a financial advisor or a financial planner. Mm -hmm. But just simply not knowing where to start is just the biggest excuse out there. Do you think that we've kind of forgot to teach our generation, our children, like it's a more of a earthly mindset versus a kingdom mindset. You know, we Absolutely. want it, we want everything now or we want it yesterday. Yeah, so we're not willing to. Exactly Absolutely. what I was going to yeah. say is another big reason is we yeah. want things now yeah. mm -hmm. rather than say, you know what, I'm going to save it so that maybe later I can have this. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I, I wanted a boat forever, but you know what? It took me till I was in my nearly 60 to finally get my boat. And then you fell off of it. And then I fell off of it. Oh. <laughs> Do we really have to let everybody know about that? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but, but it is true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, you you sometimes have to Be wait. Be careful what you ask for. I <laughs> right. Well, that's true. That's true. But on the other hand, I think that there is some opportunity for fear to come in for those of us who are saving and oversaving, and we are fearful for what is it going to look like in the future. Right. So yeah. we are. Um, hoarding and yeah. trying to figure out how can I control my life and my situation? Well, with, you have to have am a Am I serving money yeah. or yeah. am I serving God? Right. And which one am I doing? Am I asking him what do I do with what you've given me? Because yeah. he gives us every good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do I do with this? Yeah. Yeah. And it does say he will provide and meet every need that we have. Yeah. Yes. My, my wake-up call came whenever I took my mom down to the villages in Florida. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> prayed a lot over that one. But um, my wake-up call was that these people were thriving in retirement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? They're healthy. They live longer. Right. They're happy. They're doing uh, so many hobbies throughout the day. And, and my, my wake-up call was it, that didn't just happen. Mm -hmm. And most of the people down there have paid cash right. for their homes. Mm -hmm. So they're not in debt anymore. And I thought, okay, this is who I want to be when I really grow up. So, And I have some years to go. I personally don't subscribe to retirement. I feel like I'll retire whenever I'm in the Lord's arms, yes, right, um, on the other side of all this. So I'm like, how do I live abundantly now? And literacy, financial literacy, we are lacking entirely. Right. It should be mandatory mm -hmm. beginning in, like, grade school. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And my, my son my, my son is 13, and Brian, mm -hmm. is my husband, is very good. He's You know, I'm the spender, he's the saver. And there's mm -hmm. there's kind of that in every relationship, a spender or a saver. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Jonathan, learn from Brian. Yeah. <laughs> learn from your husband. <laughs> So he went, I mean, learn, learn from your dad, not your husband, learn from our, my husband. Um, but he took him and opened up his savings account, and he taught him the fundamentals of this is what you need to do. If you can start saving now, then you will have this in retirement, you know. So I think we do need to help the younger generation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My daughter is 22, and she has no idea what a check is. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, they're swiping or, you know, transferring on their mobile app or whatever it may be, they have no, they're not managing the money, and that's where the problem really starts, you know, right. where that's where it lies. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a good point. You think it's easier to have the the cash, the cash, or, or even just the paper, like the checks, writing the checks, I so think you can see where everything's checks. going. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be a discipline. Yeah, right. It, it it has to be a discipline in everyone's lives. Like with my daughter, now all you have to do is just hold your. I love my Apple Pay. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> phone up here, and, and boom. I'm like, that's not my money. And it's like, yeah, it is. The other thing too, like I was realizing that all of my bonuses were going not to multiply, and the kingdom of God is all about multiplication. Yeah, right. And Satan's kingdoms always subtracting right. and dividing things. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, why are all my bonuses going to pay off credit card debt? Yeah. Like I'm never getting ahead. So right. that was my wake-up call. Right. That's, no, a, great, that's a good wake-up call. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We have a great interview coming up next. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Christmas.
Christian View. We're talking today about financial freedom, and I have a good friend with me. Trip Brackley is here today. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. And Excited. you have created, you started a business called Thrive 34 yep. in 2018, and that was basically to help your clients with clarity, confidence, and contentment. Yep. And I would also add probably peace. Peace, right? which comes with contentment. It comes with contentment. Yep. So let's talk about what it's like to have financial peace. Yeah, so... Um, the reason I really started this, I've been in the business, uh, financial advising business, 15, 20 years or so. And uh, one of the common threads that I've found is, uh, you know, I get the privilege or the opportunity to, to meet with people, talk about their personal finances. Um, there's just a lack of contentment. Right. And that can be with people with a little bit of money or people that are ultra wealthy, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of crazy considering we live in the wealthiest country in the nation, right. in the world probably, and the most prosperous time ever. And the most debt. And the most debt, yeah, $23 trillion. 23. Crazy. Crazy. And earlier I said 15? 13. So we, 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 it's compounding quickly. Yeah, a week later we're like yeah. crazy up in debt. But yeah. anyway. There's a lot of it either yeah. way. And so, um, yeah, people are lacking that. So uh, we set out and said, you know what, this doesn't make sense. So we want to help people thrive financially right. and not just survive, right? And we want to bring people success. And a lot of that has to do with um, I joined a group called Kingdom Advisors a few years back and um, kind of changed the way that I did business. Really wanted to apply biblical principles right. to people's financial lives because biblical principles have worked for the last couple thousand years mm-hmm. and they're going to continue to work as long as we're you know, on the earth. And right? doesn't scripture say more about finance and money than just about anything else? Heaven and hell combined. Right. Yeah. yeah, so there's just a ton of it out there. And yeah, really the goal is to help people find clarity in their financial lives. Where are they? Where do they want to go? Right. Confidence, there's really three C's, clarity, and then confidence is putting a plan together to get them from where they are, where they want to go. And then ultimately executing on that plan gives them contentment or peace in their financial lives. So when someone comes to you to start with, they have, how do I start? Chip, what do I do? I have, maybe I have a little bit of money. Yep. Or I have a lot of money. What is the first couple of steps that you take them through to get... Yeah, so, so the first thing we do is figure out exactly what they have because there's always a lot of confusion of, um, you know, where am I, what's my situation, what am I trying to do, right? right. And then the first thing you want to figure out is where do you want to go? What's your ideal situation? What are you trying to accomplish? And then we kind of back into a plan that way okay. um, and help people really kind of pull out because a lot of people think the last time they said, you know, you don't have the time to do it, you, haven't, you procrastinate, whatever it is. It's, it's really important to set a goal down right. and write that down and then put a plan together to execute to get there. That sounds good. Now, one, people come to me for counseling and they'll say, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I'll start living, I'll start saving, I'll start feeling better when I make this amount of money. Yeah. So how do we find contentment in the situation and the circumstances that we're in? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, finding contentment in your current situation is, is a big deal. I think there's... Um, there's really a couple ways to do it. I think the first thing you need to do um, is answer the question, how much is enough? Right. Right? So if you look at your current situation, um, you need to figure out where you want to go and what is that number you get to. Is it um, you're in a situation where some people contentment is just, you know, having some margin in their life, right? Other people, it's having income in retirement. Other people, it's having a number in the bank. But if you don't answer the question, how much is enough? Right you're never going to know if you're there or not, right? So it's like the, the old saying, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every mm-hmm. time. You've got to put a goal down. You've got to right. get there. But really, contentment comes from um, the only way to f- truly find contentment in your current situation is to trust God. Right. God wants us content in every situation mm-hmm. that we're in, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be happy in your situation or you want to stay in your situation. Right. But you need to find peace and you need to find contentment in your current situation 
Um, and then you can move forward from there, which is really what a lot of people need. Right, but they first have to find, they first have to be content where they are. Yep. And then take the steps to move forward. Totally. You know, this, this one person that I'm working with, she's a single mom of three. Yep. And she goes paycheck to paycheck. Yep. You know, so what do we tell those? There's, there's no margin at the moment to save. So what little things can a, a stay-at-home, um, I mean, a single mom yeah. do to kind of build that? So, yeah, so, so there's... Really, I would say this. There's, there's a lot of things you can do, but there's, there's four things that you can do to be successful. It doesn't matter if you make $30,000 or $3 million a year. If you, if you were to hear these, because they're biblical principles, right. and they're very simple, but they're tough to do. The first one is spend less than you earn. Which is hard. It's very hard, especially if you're a single mom with three kids, right? right? It's, it's really, really hard. So spend less than you earn. Mm-hmm. Avoid the use of debt. Build liquidity. So, so build a safety net for yourself. Right three months of expenses, whatever it is. So build liquidity for that. Build liquidity for long-term goals. But the last one is set long-term goals. Okay. And I think this is really what helps people is if, if you're in a situation where you're struggling, things are a mess, or you just don't know what to do, you need to basically look out and say, this is my ideal situation right. in the future. This is my vision. This is where I want to be. And as soon as you take your eyes off of the mess that you're in and put it on what could be in the future, all of a sudden peace starts to creep Mm -hmm. in a little bit, right? And then all of a sudden you have something to go for and you're not worried about paying the bills. I mean, they're still there. They haven't gone away, but at least you've got something there. And I'll say this, once you have that vision, once you have that goal, Mm -hmm. you got to put a plan together to get there. Right. And contentment won't come from, if your goal is to have $5 million in the bank, when you get to five million, you're not going to feel more content than when you had four. Right. You're just not going to. You're going to want more. You're going to want more. Right. Contentment comes from the process of getting there. Mm-hmm. So someone like that who is either they're they're struggling, mm-hmm. or maybe things are great. Right. They have a good job, but they have so many opportunities coming at them. It's just chaos all around right. them. Set your eyes on what you want. Mm-hmm. Set your eyes on your ideal, and then set a plan to get there. And as soon as you know where you want to go, all of a sudden the stress goes away. I tell people all the time. Don't let the issues of today right. hinder or hold you back from your goals of tomorrow. Oh, that's good. Right? right. So you need to be able to kind of mark out, here's where I want to go, mm-hmm. and then put a plan together to get there. And peace and contentment will come from that. Right. One thing you said I really liked was if you can get your eyes off your circumstance and, yep. and get your eyes on the goal. So do you help people? Do you navigate people through that, that as that's well? That's the, the number one thing we try to do is the, the clarity piece, mm-hmm. figure out where you are. Because some people, you've got to own it, right? If, if you're in a struggling time, if good is good, it's good. If bad is bad, it's bad. But own it. Know right. that you've gotten there. And then let's figure out where you want to go. That's the biggest piece is if you don't have those two pieces, know where you are and where you want to go, it's going to be hard to get there. Right. You're going to stay stuck. Yeah. Thank you so much for being Absolutely. here. And check out his website, Thrive34. Um, he has a, he's a wealth of information. So thanks for Thank coming. Thanks Appreciate for coming. Yeah. We'll be right back with more on The Christian View. View. We just had a great interview with Chip, and so we asked him to join us back on the set, and he really doesn't know what he's getting himself into. <laughs> no but I'm happy about it. But welcome back. Um, if y'all need any advice, you know, he's the man. So um, <laughs> feel free to ask him. But, you know, in the midst of talking about financial freedom and, and, you know, the Lord wants us to be financially free so that we can retire and have a healthy and long life, um, the millennials, on the other hand, I don't think are saving as much, Jenny. They say that one-third of the millennials are taking money out of their 401K. They're not saving. They want the big adventure. They want, you know, the house on the run, but they don't want the subdivisions anymore that, that my generation kind of grew up wanting. Do you mm-hmm. see that as a pattern in your millennial life? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a millennial, so I will speak for all of them. Mm-hmm. No problem. Uh, actually, I'm 
a little bit more on the early end of millennials. So I'm a zenial, okay. as I call us, mini generation. I have the work ethic and the saving ethic of the Gen Xers, but then I'm also, you know, adopted the technology with the millennials. Right. So I do have a fair share of friends who are millennials, so I'll, I'll do my best. I think a lot of them um, saw in the Great Recession, 2008, 2009, things started to fall apart. Their parents had saved for years, their grandparents, and all of a sudden, there was nothing There's left. Nothing. Pensions are gone, right. and all of this work that they did for years and years, they they didn't go on those vacations, they, they didn't do the things that they wanted, and then they were stuck mm-hmm. in retirement, and grandparents were having to go back to work. And I think that that sort of took the shine right. off of the idea of saving being the best thing in the world. Right, right. Do you see that at all, Chip, with people that you counsel or, and work with? Yeah, I, I think there's certainly a balance in there, right? I mean, I, th- I think you never get away from saving, right? Because, one, it's a biblical principle, but something's going to happen. You're going to need money at some point. Right. But I also think there's, we talked about a little bit earlier, answering the question, how much is enough? I always tell people, I think um, experiences and that sort of stuff is great. And I think someone brought up retirement is, it's not a biblical thing, right? So when everyone says, I need to retire at 60, I need to retire at 62, I need to save, save, save. I mean, what do you need to retire and sit on the porch and right. drink lemonade, right? right? Mm-hmm. You've got to be productive. So, you know, you protect yourself through insurance and that sort of stuff in case something bad happens. But I think you take a long-term approach, make sure you're saving, but also mm-hmm. have experiences right. with your family and that sort of stuff. I think it's much better to leave your kids experiences than a big chunk of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good, I like that. So I, like I have that. a question. How much does um, a sense of shame uh, play into people not wanting to address their finances? Probably depending on what situation they're in, but a, a good bit of it, right? And that's why when, when you do it, you, you have to own it, right? Like you got to be realistic with yourself. And I said earlier, if you're in a bad situation, you're in a bad situation. The only way to get out of it is to, to plan ahead and right. figure out where you want to be. But there is shame in that. If you've made some mistakes, you've got laid off, that sort of stuff, that absolutely plays a part. But don't let the fear of that f- freeze you, right? You'll never find freedom when there's fear, right? right? And so the only way to get freedom is put a plan together and go after it. Mm-hmm. Don't be stuck in where you are. Yeah. I think what the millenniums are really missing and what Chuck is saying and Chip is saying is that there's the, they're missing the balance between right. mm-hmm. living today and saving for tomorrow. Yep. And um, I, I think that's exactly where the struggle is. I mean, millenniums now, like we see, they're living, they're, they're more adventurous, they're traveling more than their parents or grandparents ever did. Um, they're seeing parts of the world that we're only, you know, only heard of, you know, and now before the age of 40, many of the millenniums have traveled outside of the country Mm -hmm. and that used to not be the case. But I think back then with my parents and probably a lot of our parents, they were saving for retirement for those golden years so that once they got through working yeah. and got their final check, they yeah. could travel. Yep. But then, right. then the depression happened and everything happened. And like my parents were like, I was saving for the golden years, yeah. but the golden years never came. Yeah. Well, what about the health? You know, so, I mean, you know, what, it's kind of difficult to say which direction is wrong, right. you know, because right. you can save and then all of a sudden your health starts mm-hmm. failing in your, you know, mm-hmm. late 50s, 60s, 70s. Right. And then you've done all this saving and all you're doing is living off of it. You've never had the opportunity to live. Isaac, 70s? Well, at the risk of sounding very religious, because I'm reaching those 70s, (laughs) 
Um, there's, there's, you know, we've been talking a lot about saving, but we haven't really talked about gifting all that much. Right. And that's Good a very point. strong biblical principle. Right. Now, I was very bad at saving, and I do have shame because I wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. I was trying to live off of next month's paycheck. <laughs> um, and so I never really, I don't think I ever really taught my kids right. that. But if there's one thing I did teach them is tithing. 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 Yep. And that was very important. And to this day, my kids will tithe. You know, from whatever right. they get. And now I'm teaching that to my grandkids. Mm-hmm. It says it right there, Malachi 3. Bring all the tithes into mm-hmm. the storehouse so that there may be food uh, in my house uh, and test me. That's interesting. God wants us to test him with that. Um, but the, the, the nice thing here, it says, and he will pour out a blessing so great mm-hmm. until there's more room to receive mm-hmm. it. So that means we're going to have the abundance that we'll need when we retire. And by the way, lemonade in the front porch sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think, Isaac, that goes back to what we said earlier. That's, that's obedience. That's obedience. Being obedient really? to the word of God yeah. and doing what he's called us to do. Because I was looking at but scripture. you can be obedient and still not be good with your finances. You, exactly. You know, I totally am. I'm like, here, right. God, yeah. work it out. Change to change. Talk about in scripture where your where your money is, there your heart is, and we ha- we do have to be mindful and do teach the younger generation that. And you know, Proverbs twenty one twenty it says, "The wise they do save, yes. Yes. right? They do save for that rainy day, or they do save, and maybe not for themselves, but like you said, to give back because when much is given, then yes. much is required, and we yeah. do need to give back." To those who are less fortunate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've actually done both sides of mm-hmm. this conversation. So I, like I said, I was on the saving end mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had that drilled into me. So that's what I did. And I did all of the budgets and I had a financial advisor and we, and we worked out where my money was going. And I had like the seven year plan of paying off my house, you know, and I'm going to do this and all gung ho. And then God stepped in and said, and now I want you to do ministry and stop working full time and spend your savings account on ministry. <laughs> and it wasn't just one word of that. It was over years of a little bit. And it was hard to get rid of that. I I worked so hard for that. And it was just, it was difficult. It was painful, but it was him cutting out that place of that need for money. And I was able to serve him better Mm -hmm. because, and I actually found more peace and I found more freedom in just being able to say, okay, God, I trust that you will bring in the money Mm -hmm. with seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And, um, he will add those things to you. And I think what you said is a good point, the love of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't, we don't need to have the love of money. No. Yep. You know, even though we do need to be wise with our money, we don't need to hold on to our money and let that be right. the, the founding factor of everything that we do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think. And one thing I was thinking about as I was studying this, you know, Christ doesn't want us to be bound. He doesn't mm-hmm. want us to be in bondage. And we can be in bondage to money if we don't follow the principles in scripture and the principles of, of, you know, of mentors and wise people who have studied the scriptures and know how to make it actually work. So. Yeah. yeah, the most successful investors, people with finances, are the ones that are willing to open their hands, right? Yeah. Give first, save, and then spend the rest. Right. That's as, it's as simple as that. Right. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on The Christian View. discussion today on financial freedom and thank each of you for being a part of our team today and thank you chip check out chip's website thrive 34 he has a lot of great information and wisdom on there and just remember that god does not want you to be in bondage to anything at all not even your finances so seek him first and he will provide everything that you need and remember that he loves you unconditionally have a great day bye-bye